what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. And if you want to be a little bit closer to God today, you can be a little bit closer to Him. He'll pull you aside into secret chambers and He'll show you things in His Word that you did not know before. Do you want to be a little closer to Him? Well, let me tell you, if you want to be a little closer to Him, you're going to have to let go of some things out here in the world. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. you have your Bibles, would you turn with me, please, to the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings, chapter 2. 2 Kings, chapter 2. Move down, if you will, to verse 11. That's where we're going to begin at today. 2 Kings, chapter 2, verse 11. And it came to pass... As they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven and Elisha saw it and he cried, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in pieces And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And this morning I want to deal with the translation of Elijah. We've been studying Elijah now for, actually we started in November of last year. And uh, been studying Elijah at a given point in time. Um, the Lord told Elijah to go and call a young man by the name of Elisha and anoint him. And at this particular given point in time, I don't know if Elisha understood his calling or not. Just like many of us today, God has called every single one of us to do a work for him and don't be concerned if you don't understand exactly what that calling is but you go before the Lord and you say Lord you open up the doors of opportunity to walk into that which you have for me what the Lord has for you is greater than anything that you can come up with on your own understand that today Uh, We spend a lot of time and money and effort trying to do things. And and you you go to college and you get an education and we try to do things ourselves. But we make a big mistake, ladies and gentlemen, when we um, don't allow the Lord room to open doors as well as close up some doors. There are some things in life we try to open doors and 
go into things that God doesn't intend for us to go into. And we can get in trouble if you're not careful. The, the doors that God slams in your face might be a blessing. I know back years ago, Dana and I, we were entertaining building a house, had the uh, plans all drawn up, and um, we were going to do this thing, but we needed the money. And we went to the bank and was going to borrow the money. And before we got out of the car to go inside, we said, Lord, we want your will to be done. Uh, Lord, if we're fixing to step off out here and do something that's going to be a problem as far as the work that you have for us to do, then, Lord, you need to stop this thing. You throw a wrench in the works, mess it up, and we really want this, but help us to understand it's just not your will right now for that to be. And help us, Lord, to deal with our emotions because we really want this thing, but we're just putting it in your hands. And the loan did not go through, so we just accepted that as being God's will. If God has slammed a door in your face today and you're kind of upset about it and you're emotional about it, understand that God has your best interest at heart. Okay, God is still on his throne, and what God has for you is greater and better than anything you can come up with on your own. And Elisha, he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. And Elijah come by and cast his mantle upon him. And he just dropped everything and started following Elijah, and he's been following Elijah now for some ten years. They stand now on the eastern side of the river Jordan. They've been to a number of places. And each time they would go to these places, Elijah would tell Elisha, Now you stay here, I'm going to go over there. But Elisha said, I'm going with you. Wherever you go, that's where I'm going, kind of like my buddy. Do any of you remember that little play doll back in the 80s? My buddy, my buddy. No, y'all don't know that? Anyway, I never had a my buddy. I had a dog. He, he didn't want to play with me unless Mama put a stake around my neck. I think the reason is I tried to wash him one time in the toilet. And I hit the little button on the back and like to flush him, the poor thing. He, he needed some psychological therapy. But anyway, Elisha said, I'm going with you. Wherever you go, that's where I'm going. And he was persistent in the things of God. And ladies and gentlemen, in order to have God's best, in order to fulfill the plan that God has for us, we have to be persistent and we have to be consistent in the things of God and whatever he tells us to do that's what we're responsible for and you might not understand what he's telling you to do it might not make any sense to you but if we'll do what he says do and follow his leading and guidance he'll open up the doors that need to be opened up and they stand now on the eastern side of the River Jordan at the foot of Mount Pisgah. This is the place where Moses was allowed to see the promised land, but he was not allowed to uh, 
go into the promised land because of his disobedience. And I've said this before, I'll go ahead and say it again today. When we're disobedient to God, we may not miss heaven, but we might miss out on God's best here and now, if you follow me. But they stand there now at the foot of Mount Pisgah, and Elijah now asks the question, what is it that you want me to do for you before I'm taken away? And Elisha said, I want a double portion of your spirit. Glory to God. I don't know if you feel that this morning or not. But his answer reveals his heart. The double portion actually refers to the portion of the birthright. The firstborn in the family was considered to be the future priest of the family, and he was to get a double portion of the inheritance because he was looked at as the one through whom the Redeemer, the Savior of mankind, would come. And because of that, he was to receive a double portion of the inheritance. That's where the double portion comes from. When you get right down to it, it has to do with bringing forth Christ into the world. Let me have a double portion. Lord, let me have whatever it is that I need in order to bring forth Christ to others. A double portion of your spirit. You can't do anything without the Spirit of God, ladies and gentlemen. The church plans a lot of things. And when I say the church, I'm not necessarily talking about friendship. I'm talking about the church as a whole all around the country and around the world. We, we plan a lot of things. And you've got to have people to work, and it takes money to do things. But without the Spirit of God, you can't do anything. He said, without me, you can't do anything. And I'll go a step further with that. Unless it's conceived by God and brought forth by God, our efforts are in vain. In other words, God's the one that has to give the plan. And He's the one that has to carry it out. He just asks us to be a willing vessel. To be where we need to be to do what he wants us to do. That's all he asks of us to do. But we must have the anointing of the Spirit of God. Even Jesus was anointed of the Spirit. And if Jesus needed the anointing of the Spirit, ladies and gentlemen, where does that leave you and I? Elijah and Elisha, they talk on... And all of a sudden it happened. There appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. The Lord opened up Elisha's eyes so that he could see into the spirit world. And he saw spirit horses pulling that chariot 
And somehow in the midst of all of this, Elijah was separated from Elisha and was carried off into heaven in that chariot. But this is not the last time that we'll see Elijah. He never died. There are two men in the history of the Bible that have never died. Enoch is one. Genesis 5, verse 24, the Bible says that Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, the Bible says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Enoch is still in heaven right now in his physical body. Elijah is in heaven right now, still in his physical body. We see them symbolized in heaven as two olive trees. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 11. Zechariah had a vision of heaven. He saw a candlestick with two olive trees standing on either side. And he asked the angel, Zechariah 4, verse 11, What are these two olive trees? The angel said, if you look down in verse 14, these are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. This is Enoch and Elijah, the two men who have never died, and they were translated. About 900 years after Elijah was translated, God had a special mission for Elijah. Jesus, if you'll look in Luke chapter 9, verse 28, the Bible tells us that Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and they went up into a mountain to pray. The Bible says that as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistering. Jesus was transfigured, which means that which was truly on the inside of our Lord began to shine through the flesh. And the disciples were able to see Christ. His clothes were glistening white. The light, the Bible says that God is light and in him there is no darkness. When Christ became a man, he took upon himself the form of sinful flesh yet without sin. All of that light, ladies and gentlemen, was contained within the body of our Savior. And for a few moments, Peter, James, and John was able to see it. Glory to God. Peter, James, and John, out of the twelve, those three, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, there were hundreds of people 
who were following him. But it was always those three that went a little further with the Lord, Peter, James, and John. Why is that? And I'm not saying that the hundreds were not saved. But out of the hundreds, there were only three that went with the Lord just a little bit further. You can get as close to God as you want. Why Peter, James, and John? Why, what Was the Lord giving them special attention? No. Because the Bible says that God is not a respecter of persons. I truly believe he chose Peter, James, and John because they had a desire in their hearts to be a little bit closer to the Lord. And if you want to be a little bit closer to God today, you can be a little bit closer to him. He'll pull you aside into secret chambers and he'll show you things in his word that you did not know before. Do you want to be a little closer to him? Well, let me tell you, if you want to be a little closer to him, you're going to have to let go of some things out here in the world. I know in my own ministry there was a time when the Lord said, Okay, James, you're going to have to lay that aside. Not that what you're doing is wrong. There's nothing wrong with hobbies. But if you want my best, you're going to have to set that aside. And he's not failed me. Glory to God. You won't give up anything for him what he won't give it back to you. And I wouldn't trade that, what the Lord has given me for anything in this world. But Jesus was transfigured before their very eyes. What was on the inside of Christ shined forth. And there appeared, if you'll notice there in the scripture, verse 30, Luke 9, verse 30. Behold, there taught with him two men, and it was Moses and Elijah. They appeared in glory, and they spoke of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. Their mission was to talk to Christ about the cross. And if that was the subject of conversation then that was so important, don't you think it should be the subject of conversation today? But we're living in an age today where the cross offends people and we don't like to talk about that because it runs people off, it pushes people away, and the church is all about the numbers today. Well, I'll be the first to tell you, I want numbers, but I'm not all about the numbers. I'm all about the presence. Are you hearing me? I'm all about the presence of God. I want you to come to church. But whether you come to church or not, I want God to show up here. I want his presence here in the house. He said, wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there I'll be in the midst. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5, closing out the Old Testament. Malachi said, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming great and dreadful day of the Lord. That speaks of the second coming. A lot of people interpret this as being John the Baptist, but John the Baptist came in the spirit and the anointing of Elijah. God said, here I will send you Elijah. Elijah's up in heaven in his physical body, which means before the Lord comes back at the second coming, Elijah's going to come back down in this world. 
Now let me give you some scripture for that. Revelation chapter 11. Revelation chapter 11 verse 3. He said, I will give power to my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. This is the last three and a half years of the great tribulation period. Verse 4, these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. This goes back to the vision of Zechariah that we just read about. Verse 5, If any man will hurt them, fire proceeds out of their mouth and devours their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. In other words, whatever they say is going to come to pass. They're just going to speak the word. God's going to give these two men, which we know Elijah's going to be one of them. I believe the other one's going to be Enoch. Some people say it'll be Moses. We're not going to argue over that. But whoever they are, they'll just speak the word and it's going to happen. God's going to give them that kind of ability. Verse 6, these have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. And have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. These two men are going to win untold thousands to Christ because of their testimony. Thousands of Jews are going to get saved at this time. And let me tell you, that's going to make the devil mad. That's going to make the Antichrist mad, and the Antichrist is going to do all that he can to kill them, but he ain't going to be able to kill them. But I want you to look at verse 7. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast, that's the Antichrist, shall overcome them and kill them. Like I said, the Antichrist is going to try to kill them all during the time, but he's not going to be able to do so until God says it's time. <laughs> My friend, you can wear all the mask you want to wear. You can avoid crowds all you want to avoid crowds. You can take all the shots you want. But when God says it's time for you to go, that's when you're going, but not until then. You can take all the shots you want. You can jog 20 miles a day if you're able to. Let me tell you this. If you see this old boy running, you better see what it is chasing me and start running too. Unless you see me running around the church, and that's going to be in the spirit, because again, my running days is behind me. The Antichrist is going to eventually kill them when they finish their testimony. You've got a testimony that God wants you to give to others. There's a work that he has for you to do, and you ain't going out of here until that work is done. And when the time is over, the Antichrist will kill them. Verse 8, their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city. The people shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer the dead bodies to be put in graves. And they shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them and they stood upon their feet and great fear fell upon all them which saw them. What an understatement. Here they lay in the streets, Elijah and Enoch. 
laying in the street, dead for three and a half days. No doubt they've been mutilated and disrespected in all kind of ways. Cameras zooming in on them. It's all over the, the news. And then all of a sudden, these two dead men stand upon their feet. And a great fear fell upon all of them. And then they're raptured out right in the sight of all the people, just whoop, gone. So no, ladies and gentlemen, this is not the last we've seen of Elijah. He was taken up to heaven in a chariot of fire. And there's some of you under the sound of my voice right now. You've lost a loved one. You've missed them so much. And the devil hits you, you're not going to see them again. It's over. It's not over, friend. If they accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, God's not done with them yet. They're in heaven and God's got a reason and a purpose for them in eternity. And if you're saved today, you're going to see them again. It's not the last that we'll see of Elijah because God had a work for him. And it's not the last that you've seen of your loved one either. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.